This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us, two women, a mother and a daughter, who talk about everything. Trish here and episode three of season two we have another special guest with us this is Simone yo 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 what's popping <laughs> and Simone and Kate is here of course because she's always of here course, with me of course but we're live we're all together because it's the Thanksgiving weekend yay oh yeah and Simone came with Kate to visit us yeah so Simone introduce yourself and a little bit about yourself oh okay okay hi my name is Simone um I am from Canada uh, from Vancouver, um, Kate's roommate, um, and everyone thinks that means we're a couple, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, and I came here because uh, I don't have any really new family in the States, and then everyone is like, oh my god, it's Thanksgiving, I'm gonna go home and see my family, and eat a lot of food, and I'm like, oh, I don't know what to do, so uh, I kind of <laughs> latch on uh, to Kate, and it was very generous of her to bring me um, here. Uh, I'm a scientist, so uh, I work at University of California, San Francisco, and um, I study the liver. Uh, which is great because I'm an alcoholic and as are many other people <laughs> that I know, I can own it now because I'm being productive. You're counteracting. And addressing it. You're drinking it as part of your research. Exactly, exactly. It's like my personal <laughs> contribution other than all of my time. Do you ever think <laughs> before it. you drink like, oh, I know this could be doing to my liver right now? It's more of like I think about it after I wake up the next day being like, ooh. That's what I did to my liver last night. When you're, night. like, looking at a sample of a liver and you're like, oh, yeah. that's probably what my cells look like right now. Yeah, it doesn't help because my boss, he's, he's German, so he's very, like, direct and uh, doesn't really beat around the bush. So when we're looking at samples together, he's like, yeah, this is what your liver looks like if you drink more than one drink per night for, like, ten years. And I was like... Huh. <laughs> Interesting. And you're like, does that include red wine? Yeah, I'll be like, does that include like tequila? And he'll be like, and it's especially bad for women. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's great. Uh, but yeah, I really like it. Um, super cool. You get to do new stuff every single day. Uh, you work in a lab, so you wear a lab coat, and you work with. I work with mice. Love mice. Yeah, it's, it's cool stuff. Love man. Them. Yeah, it's a lot of yeah, a lot of well, it's a lot of like loving them first. And then, and then ending their life in, in a humane, yes. ending their life in a humane and responsible manner, in order to harvest their organs. Well, this sounds really terrible. I'm so sad we went down that road. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I you asked me what I do. That's what I do. I couldn't help it. It was me. I could yeah. not. Uh, in the name of science. How long have you two been your roommates? We just had one year. One year anniversary. We had a one year anniversary. Yeah, we had yeah. a party to celebrate yeah. our one year anniversary. It was awesome. That is pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. We have the whole house decked out now with uh, Christmas. Kate's really good with like bringing in the themes. Mm-hmm. I'm like not really a theme person, but I really <laughs> love participating. I, I don't guess know where Kate would get that from. <laughs> <laughs> this whole theme thing. I Definitely don't know get what it from you're me. talking about. Yeah, I don't know. But I love participating in like anything. So the minute that Kate like suggests a theme, I'm like. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah so we did Galentine's Day was our yeah. first real big bash. It's true. Um, and then we did a Halloween party. That was really fun. This past year, which was the, <clears throat> that was our anniversary party. It was a combined Halloween anniversary party because I moved in in October. And yep. then now we're all decorated for Christmas. We think we're going to do some kind of Christmas white elephant. Yeah. I don't know. Some, we have a something. Christmas tree that's like four feet tall, so that's almost as tall as me, which makes me feel <laughs> great. 
about myself. Um, but the tree itself is really cool. And we have all these ornaments that we got from like last year also. And then Kate bought new ornaments for this year. So I'm like, oh my god, it looks so cool. Like I can't help myself. Yeah. I can't help myself. You Kate has an obsession with Target. <laughs> I do. Yeah, at Target. Yeah. Uh, me too. It's dangerous. I think a lot of people do by the looks of their Twitter feed. But um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys should get like. Maybe not even matching, but like matching outfits or like Christmas pajamas and do pictures. I think that you were like thinking really of that advertisement you saw. I know, I wasn't going to bring that, but it was a BuzzFeed article. We know Mom and BuzzFeed. But it would be so cute and it would decorate right in front of your tree with like it would be really cute. Santa hats and yeah, we just need a, some cozy socks on. I have the unicorn socks that you gave me. And yeah. I have some new fox ones too, so we yeah. can both do cozy socks, but not the same. Exactly. And then we just need... Um, yeah, pajamas. That pajamas. Match. It'd be fun. Pajamas. Sounds good. Amazing. I'm Mom's like it. on it. <laughs> I will not. It, so- not it sounds like a theme. Yes. Uh, we do matching family um, pajamas every year for Christmas too. So oh. like it's, it's part of our yes. routine. Which I haven't bought any. On so, brand. On brand. Yeah, on, very on brand for the Markels. Uh, did you know that there was a time when I was very concerned about Kate not having enough girlfriends? So it's nice that she has a girl roommate. I was so much not fun. aware of I that. Have kept at that a secret all. from all my friends. <laughs> oh my I gosh! To feel like that's actually so funny because when I was growing up, I was only friends with boys, and my yeah. mom was similarly jarred that I was not going to be able to like integrate into society. Um, <laughs> But I didn't know that about you. Oh my god, tell Just, me more. Well, like when I was young, I was fine, and then <laughs> what does fine? I, like I had a lot of friends, and then okay. like I moved away for college and stuff, and I didn't have a lot of friends. Mm. So my mom was like, I remember her telling me like, "This isn't this. I don't understand. Like you didn't used to be this person. You used to have, like such be such a, such a social butterfly. Like were you like were, trying to find yourself and needed some solitary moments? Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We did have a tendency to be just focused on whatever relationship you were in. That oh. is really what the problem was. Yes, I wasn't necessarily finding myself. I was finding other the relationship. I was investing one hundred and ten percent of myself into the gotcha. relationship, and gotcha. that eliminated all time for anything else. Yeah, well, that affected me for a long period of time. You are bouncing back just insanely. Yeah, right? incomparably. I mean, now it's, it's like incredible. You want to schedule a date with Kate, you got to plan a month ahead of time. I know. I know. At I least know. a day, which I is know. hard for me to do. <laughs> Kate's also a great planner. I am. Thank I'm you. I'm just like speaking into the ether. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I mean, we, and we have um, mentioned you on the podcast previously. I've heard my name mentioned because even though I've, watched every single episode listened listen <laughs> i do remember certain bits more than others yes especially definitely. when you say my roommate said x and yes. i was like and oh. we talked about um this rom- romantic comedy the yes. chick like how you hadn't seen you didn't hadn't seen all these movies which still sometimes like always scrolling through netflix or something and you're like yeah. i've never seen that movie and i'm like how have you never love actually was the most recent one yeah, yeah. how have you never seen that. love actually like it boggles my mind yeah i don't know I might have to send you guys home with that DVD. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, okay. But I wouldn't say no to it. Also, <laughs> if you want the DVD, that's fine, too. I love that movie. Yeah. Love it. I've heard great things about it from you. It's a fantastic... Yeah, from everything from the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. I like movies that have commas in the title, so it intrigues me, grammatically. Yeah, well, cool. there you go. It's love comma. Oh, yeah, actually. there is a comma. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's really what piqued my interest. Well, I'm happy that I could sell it to you so emphatically. <laughs> 
Uh, have do you have Christmas movies that you're into that you like? Um, I mean, which ones have you seen? Like, uh, well, Christmas movies. I watch a lot of Christmas movies, like uh, on the ones that come up on the television. So mm-hmm. uh, every year, me and my family watch. Um, uh, it's a wonderful life. It's a wonderful life in okay. black and white Classic. and. Um, uh, Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. those two classics. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of like modern whatever, uh, I saw Elf Great at some movie. point during my childhood and really liked it. I'm okay. a big Will Ferrell fan. Great movie. Who's not? Yeah. Um, Crazy people. You can't be our friend if you're not. <laughs> Just stop listening <laughs> yeah. to our podcast but right now. But I haven't seen some of these other ones. She doesn't mean it. <laughs> no. Well, really, I don't. Don't listen do it. anyways, yeah. but... Yeah. No, I, but we want to change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't listened to these, like, watched these other things like, uh, uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, I've never seen it. Um, the Miracle on 13th Street or something, never seen it. Pause everything. Trisha Markell, what did you just mouth to me from across the room? I have I have seen parts of uh, the Nightmare Night- Before Christmas, but I've never sat and watched the whole and thing. And you call yourself a Disney fan. I feel like this is just a travesty. Well, I mean, I've been on the ride. Why do I need to watch the movie? We should pause the podcast right here. Go watch the movie and then come back and finish recording after you've seen it so you can see the error of your ways. It's so good. I I know it's good. I've heard it's great. Who's Uh, the guy who does it? B. um, Something with a B. Why do I just have Jack Skellington in my head? I I know that's not who you mean. Who's the director? um, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. Yeah, his style's not really my thing. (gasps) I, I mean, okay, that's oh. that's that's fair. I feel but like, like that the might music, be a generational. The music thing, alone should be a reason to watch it. I listened to the the soundtrack. Is it a musical? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hmm. I listened to the soundtrack. I am a fan that of music. Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Okay, well, I mean, I, Dad doesn't like that kind of stuff either. So it's that kind I mean, of I'd stuff. I'd be watching it on my own. He doesn't like that style, the Tim Burton uh, animation style. It's mm-hmm. not his thing. Don't tell him it's Tim Burton, and I'll bet he won't even he really notice until right halfway through. I think it's very distinctive. Anyways, I'm not saying I'm against it. It's just it's never been. I don't know if maybe one time it was on when you guys were younger and I just fell asleep because I'm sure I know I've seen parts of it. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe I was so cooking. I know that's hard to believe. Uh, I think Christmas is like coming up. <laughs> yes. So yeah, it's, Hulu. it's available on Hulu. Yeah, I definitely can watch it. I probably, I think I have like an extended DVD version or something. Oh wow! Because you're a Disney fan. Because I'm a Disney fan and it was on sale, so I bought it. Of course. Of course. As but I, do. I don't recall watching it. And I might have bought it for you girls. I don't know. Well, um, by the next podcast recording, I will make sure that Trisha has seen that movie because this is just, this cannot continue. This is important. Especially since you've been on, like, you will appreciate the ride so much more when you have seen the movie. Okay, then I'm going to throw this out there. If you're a Will Ferrell fan, you have had to have seen Stranger Than Fiction. I saw it's his it. Best movie. I saw it. It's so good. So good. It's so good. It's one of my favorites. It's about writing, and it's a rom com. Yep. Is that a rom com? I guess I, so. I would say it's yeah. a rom com. But is that? I don't know if that's the main genre. I wouldn't call you it. Would call it a, like a dramedy, maybe. Yeah, something like this. Maybe. It's kind of like a it's like kind a, of a niche comedy because it's so intellectual. That yeah. You don't feel like it's a rom com. Yeah, it yeah, sneaks exactly. It in there. But I feel like. Hmm, see, now we're gonna go down another road because I feel like. There's some misogyny wrapped around the fact that romantic comedies can't be intellectual. No, I'm just saying that like the, the is, culture, that is like the cultural thought of that. I mean, not yeah. like misogyny from you guys. I just mean like in general. The, the stereotype of it. Exactly. Well. But how many are there? If the shoe fits, wear it. Is it really misogynistic? I'm just asking not to start a whole rabbit hole. 
but um, I feel like I'm going a lot to choose of... to not get irritated by that question <laughs> and instead say. Um, but I mean, in general, rom coms are meant to be lighthearted. You're not supposed to really think about sure. what happens after the story ends. Um, there are intelligent characters, but often the script is not an intelligently written with lots of references. There are exceptions to that, like there are rom coms based on, say, um, a Jane Austen novel that are, is funny and it's a rom com, but it's based on that story. So you get some of those references if you know the novels, and if you don't, I'm dying to talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, you gotta wait till I'm finished. I can't handle it. Um, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I think that to say that because a movie is intellectual, it cannot be a part of that genre is the problem. No, no, no. I, I, I said I think that you don't think it's part of that genre because it is, so you kind of forget that part. That I think we're all agreeing on the same thing. Yeah. Like, one of the best parts that, about that movie is when the professor sits him down and asks him, like, are you... He asks him all these, like, are you a golem? Are you... Like, these great literary questions that... Mm-hmm. And he's like, why does that matter? And then he explains it. Like, it's, it's so great. Not to mention I brought you flowers. But <laughs> Have you seen this movie? Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, okay. Yeah. My mom would not let one of her top ten movies go by without me seeing it. <laughs> yeah. Because she's so controlling. <laughs> <laughs> that will be discussed later. Yes, it will. Oof, I love it. <laughs> yeah, there's a rumor going around about how controlling I am. No, who started that? All three of her children. <laughs> Simultaneously or like independently? We, we came to time. a unanimous conclusion. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, then maybe, you know, it's worthy of discussion. We are going to discuss it. <laughs> She's been controlled that quite some time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. There's that. Um, anyways, yeah. So, movies, great. Um, I am wondering, Simone, you yes, are Canadian. I am. I'm not wondering that. I know that. It's <laughs> the um, fact that often people, I either say it or they know it just yes, by me standing to, there. Yes. Well, you um, have an accent, too. I you do, do have a little bit of an accent, and you say sorry, like, uh, I do. other I expression. Do. I do say it. So. It is part of every sentence. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone will pick up on that, usually. I'm sorry about that, but it's... <laughs> So I'm wondering, yes. um, Gosh. differences between Canada mm. and America are obviously plentiful, I'm sure. Yes, myriad. Um, in regards to parenting, what do you Ooh. feel like the differences are um, in parenting styles? Oh, this has been your observation. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting question because uh, so I grew up in Canada, but my mom's actually American. American. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the feedback, you know, like the perspective that I have of Canadian parents is like through the eyes of my mom. Um, and so my mom raised me as if we were basically living in like inner city Chicago because she just assumed like, like the world is just full of dangers. Um, and you're about to be killed like any minute because she lived a very long time in Southern California. And at that time, I guess the culture was changing in like the eighties, like eighties basically where there was a bunch of high profile murderers and blah, blah. And then she moved to, uh, Canada in the early nineties and then, couldn't really adjust to the way of life there. So in Canada, it's basically like uh, 1960s Midwest is the best analogy. 
Um, if anybody watches NBC News, you'll know Brian Williams, and he went to Vancouver to cover the Vancouver 2010 Olympics. Mm -hmm. And there's a very famous interview he has with like one of the other newscasters that's famous in Canada, and they're talking about just the impression that he has of Canada, and he's like, it's like America, but like 50 years ago, and then we're like, yeah, actually, it's exactly like that. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of raising children, a lot, it's a lot of time outside. Like I was actually really shocked about coming to the States and realizing that a lot of times it's like a little bit too dangerous to go outside all the time, so people keep their kids inside. Perceived to be too dangerous. Yeah, um, and then they play a lot of video games. Um, so I didn't have many video games at all growing up. Uh, it was mostly like you, you, you walk to like the nearest field and then just like play around. And in uh, the city, in cities in Canada I've noticed have a lot more like open space mm -hmm. that they keep mm -hmm. open because uh, parks are like funded by the government. So they have like really big parks. That's Sorry, nice. just gonna throw that in there. <laughs> um, socialism. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's like really big parks, a lot of really well kept green space. Like kids just go around and play all the time. So basically, until I was like in high school, I mainly just played outside, and then I learned how to use a computer, and then I played more time inside <laughs> after that. Um, but yeah, there's a lot less worry. So wait, about what age were you? Because your generation should have been raised learning how to use a computer. So what age did that happen for you? For me, uh, well, I was using a computer when I was really little, but these were very old computers. Mm -hmm. um, so in, in elementary school, we had classes on how to use computers. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, we, I didn't really use one at home. None of my friends really used one. Hmm. Okay. Um, but then we all kind of started using one, like, maybe around 12, 13. That kind of range and then we just like basically just use this thing called msn messenger which is like the canadian version mm -hmm. of aol mm -hmm. uh, oh no i remember msn messenger yeah and just i remember chatted all the time yeah. so my mom was like they're down the street like just go see them and i'm <laughs> like no you don't understand um but it's just a lot less uh worry that something's gonna happen to your kid like I could walk home at 11 at night, and it was, like, never an issue. Right. Um, and I only found out later when I came to the States that that is an issue. Do you think that that is... Because um, Bowling for Columbine, he, he talks about that, like, just about the whole... Uh, how news and the, the, the fear-based economy that we have, because a lot of things are sold based on our fear. Yeah. Um, how that contributes to that. Yeah. Um, so I find it very interesting that whole idea that it's it it not isn't necessarily as any more dangerous or less yeah, dangerous. Yeah, it's yeah. just that the perception is that it's more dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm yeah, I'm not sure how accurate it is. Um I mean my also perception of America comes completely from not living here and it's scary as can I say that on here? It's very scary. It's yeah. very scary. Like in your when you're in Canada and you hear about like like we got a lot of news from Seattle, um, and it would just be like five shot dead, like in the street, and like ten people like run over in traffic or whatever. It's just crazy news. And like Vancouver right. news is like a small puppy found in the sewer was saved by firemen and like <laughs> like it builds up this perception of like, oh my god, like something crazy right. is going down on down there. Um, he does this thing in that movie. I, I don't think I've ever watched the whole movie, but I do remember this part because I've seen clips like it was a, on HBO or something. And so like when you flip through the channels, you'd see parts of it, but I've never mm -hmm. watched the whole thing. But in Detroit, he's in Detroit mm -hmm. and he goes to a bunch of people's houses and tries to open their door and it's locked. Yeah. 
Um, and there's like one door open and he goes in and the people like, you know, not real happy that he yeah. stops in their house. Yeah. And then just like over the border, he, yeah. go, he goes to yeah. whatever city is real part. close by. Yeah. And, and goes into people's houses and nobody's mad and everybody's doors are unlocked. Yeah. And it's yeah. just. So that's kind of what. If but you he imagine, talks about the proximity and the size yeah. is the same. Yeah. 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 Um, the population and the, the location is geographically is close but just two different worlds yeah and if you so if you imagine raising a child in the detroit side versus the canadian side it's just like you want your kid to be home Mm -hmm. by night but it's not really a huge issue when they're out in the day like no one picks up their kids really from school they all kind of walk or take the bus and like you, you you're taught like basic safety like stick in a group but it's right no it's like no one's actually afraid of anything um, hmm. And in the states, I wonder if that'll ever change because that's how yeah. it was when I grew up. Like, yeah, that's I was what my mom would tell me. That's why I rode like my bike she... everywhere. Exactly. My parents, it was just like I knew I had to be home by the time the sun went down. Like, yeah, I could just be out. Yeah, that's exactly what my mom told me. She's like, they would play all day long, and you just come home miles like, away from time. home if I wanted yeah. to. Yeah, I was on my bike. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. mom had no idea who I was with. Yeah, where I was, yeah. just out, have fun, yeah. be good, get out of my hair, be home by dinner. Yeah, yeah. So it's a little bit similar up there, but just in like modern day. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I would hope for Canada that it doesn't catch up. I don't think it will because there's like a completely different culture around like uh, media and media and guns and, guns and, and violence yeah. and uh, a whole different way of approaching those it's, issues. It's also uh, economically like I think. I mean, what's that joke? It's so true though. Like people can afford to be nicer in Canada because they have healthcare. I mean, like what. I don't want to get into that political <laughs> can of worms. Yeah. But, but it's, true, it's though. true. Like, I mean, that does, when you're not as stressed about how you're going to pay your mortgage and put food on the table, things can be a little different. Yeah. And not that that doesn't happen to some people in Canada. Yeah. But. No, no, no. There's definitely a huge difference in just like the safety nets in Canada because, I mean, I grew up uh, without many means, but it's still like incomparable to growing up without means in the States. Yeah. So I'm, I really like it up there. Great place to raise your kids. <laughs> yeah. A lot of Americans think that right now, but yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> and you think it wouldn't be that complicated to get our country kind of on that same level. And yet, and yet, because I mean, it's also, like, I think there's a, a different culture among young people, just from my experience. Like, I mean, maybe this is just a, a anecdotal example, but, like, when I came to America and found out that there were people who were pregnant in high school, I was blown away. I had no idea. And I went to high schools that had, like, 1,600 kids, like, in big cities. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just not a thing. I don't know. Like, maybe one person in, like, one school... The whole time I was in high school. So is that because of healthcare? Do you think or birth control is available? And I think I mean I think sex education too. I think the, like the main three, component, right? as I've done some as I've done some digging, uh, is I didn't know that people in the states didn't really get sex education until people were already having sex. Um, and in Canada, you start getting sex education grade three, grade four, grade like, five, and they really do it every single year. But you should. Is, it, is there a serious break in uh, church and state there? Serious. Break. Yeah, there's no not church here. state. Like, I mean, we yeah, say there is not one here. We say there isn't one here, but yeah. and yet the whole reason no. we don't have sex education yes. is because it makes Christians uncomfortable. It makes yeah. No, that's a very very good point. There's a complete separation of church and state in Canada, and that's probably why we have really good yeah. sex education. So kind of people like knew like people are gonna have sex anyway. Do you know what I mean? But at least let them know how to do it without you know. 
Well, here's the thing for me. Like, uh, I didn't get sex education that I can recall at all. Really? How? Yeah, not oh. at all. They didn't have it at all in schools when I grew up. What? And what age were you when you got pregnant? I was 15. Yeah. Uh, well, no, but my point is, too, like, one of the other things was, at the time, uh-huh. I was active in church, and so it wasn't like I could say, oh, like, my friends that were having sex or thinking about having sex would be able to, a lot of them would go to their mother and say, I want to get on birth control, and their mother would take them to get on birth control. Oh, okay, okay. But I had the added burden of feeling like, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore because this is so wrong. So, like, it happened once, it's never going to happen again. And, and then it would. And then it and would. Then, and, like, so there right. was the religious side of not yeah. feeling like... Yeah. If, if you ask cycle. for birth control, you're admitting that this is a thing that you're doing, whereas right. the religious side didn't want me to be that person. Yeah, so that's, that's definitely an added, an added burden. Yeah. But it is, that is pretty interesting. That's something I never really thought about. I You went to school with 1,600, and how, what percentage of them graduate uh, I mean, I'd say a lot. I, I mean, I went to a bunch of different high schools, so I kind of got an idea, um, a little bit about the different... But the, the dropout rate is... It's is... not high. It's not huh. high. I mean, I went, I went to a high school, I was going to this high school that was, like, ranked very low in the district, um, and the dropout rate, dropout rate was, like, a little bit higher there, like, maybe, uh, like, two or three percent. Um, but then, because... My mom was like, knowledge is a ladder. You have to climb it. Like, go to a better school. And so I, <laughs> I went to a better school that was ranked very highly, a public school that was, like, high up on the, you know, register or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that dropout rate was, like, one kid, <laughs> like, per wow. year. Because they, they, I mean, the people who are at risk to drop out, like, there's programs targeted to those kids. So, like, they find a kid that's getting the low grades. They, like give them special counseling, they give them special tutors, it's all paid for by the government. Mm-hmm. So, like, these kids that are super, super high risk, they even have special programs in other schools, like, to teach these kids, like, if they're not very academically inclined, then they teach them trade. Like, I went to a school where they had a trade program for kids who just could right. not do science, like, could not do math. A lot of them had, like, attention deficit issues or, like, alcoholic fetal disorder, mm-hmm. and then they t- would teach them, like, how to fix cars. And so that they would graduate and then have, like, a skill. skills. Um, so I think that this podcast has officially turned into just a public service announcement to Canada. Um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. That's basically what I am. Yeah. But I, I'm, I am a public service announcement for you are. moving to Canada. No, I mean, that's great. I, I just, I genuinely wish that our country could get on that level. So all of our nonsense talk about being the greatest country in the world, like, how, in what way? Yeah, I mean, there's um, a lot of great things too. I was just looking at. The I mean, I'm not being. Rates. I'm not being anti-America. I'm just saying, why, why feel like you're as good as it gets when in reality you can continue to improve? Like, what's wrong with feeling that? What's wrong with admitting yeah. continuous improvement? It's know. like we hit this plateau and then just said, "F it, we're the best now. We're good. <laughs> Change nothing." Yeah, and we know. haven't. We've changed <laughs> nothing. No, we have changed a lot to go backwards. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. it's. I mean, I would think, I don't know, I'm no expert, but I think it all comes down to mismanagement of funds. The political, our, all of our systems are broken right now. A hundred percent of them. I can't yeah. think of our prison system, our education. I mean, yeah. We talked about this in the last episode. Like, it, so, a lot. And it, it comes down to... Tax uh, the rich? Yes. No, it comes down <laughs> well, to... Well, yes. <laughs> no, yeah. it comes down to... You have in. It comes down to special interest groups are running Washington, in my opinion. I it's a limited view on that, but 
because the way the money's spent and decided how it gets spent, it, it is the rich deciding get how everyone... Right, get yeah. rid of the lobbyists. Okay, get it's rid too of, much. Yeah. <laughs> okay, much. Simone. I have okay. a Another belt. question. Yeah, sure. What is the thing that surprised you the most about America when you came to America? The thing that surprised me the most? Yes, mm. when you moved here. I guess you say, how, first, how old were you when you moved to America? Give some background there. Uh, well, I was... Um, I had come to, uh, my, my grandmother lived in San Diego when I was growing up, so I came to visit her, uh, for, like, summers, so in my mind, America was San Diego, um, (laughs) which I found out later to be untrue. Um, (laughs) also, it was, like, San Diego in, like, the late 90s and early 2000s, and, like, through the perspective of an 8 to 15-year-old girl, um, so I thought it was just, like, amazing. I'm like, oh my god, everyone gets along and goes to the beach, and, like, everyone's super tan and just great food and blah, blah. Uh, so then after that, I started to, like, think about college. And I ended up uh, going to um, New York State to visit New York City for the first time when I was mm-hmm. 17. And then I moved to America when I was 18. Um, and I moved to Providence, Rhode Island, where I went to college. Uh, so the thing that surprised me most about America, there's one good thing and one bad thing that were equally surprising. So I don't know which one you want to hear. Both. 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 Do it. Which one first? Um, bad thing and then good thing. Okay, the thing that surprised me the most about America is it's really, really racist here. And everyone just lets it go. And it blew my mind. Because I moved to Providence, Rhode Island, which is about like 60% either black or um, Dominican. Um, uh, yeah, like from the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. uh, population and then a lot of African Americans. And um, I mean, where I grew up in Canada, there like are not that many African Americans, so it wasn't like a huge issue, this black and white thing. But uh, there's also like a ton of other races where I was growing up, so I never like it rarely happened. Like maybe somebody made some comment about like someone's eyes being small, but immediately like there was a huge reprimand, huge like uh, consequences. Like that person was taken outside and like blah blah blah, you know. So I came to the, um, the states and like. I don't know, like, I would be driving with my friend, and my friend is Chinese, and then, like, someone would just scream out the window, like, some really derogatory comment about his eyes or something like this. And I was like, what the, what the fuck? Like, oh, sorry. I was like, oh, what? <laughs> like, what is going on? And he's like, hey, it's nothing. And I'm like, that's not nothing. Like, that's, that's insane. Like, this person needs to be, you know, held accountable. And he's like, if I held everyone accountable who said something about me, then it's too exhausting. Like, you can't right. live like that. And, like, I would be in these stores, and then... I would be next to somebody who's African-American and, like, only they would be asked, like, what are you doing here in this store? Mm -hmm. You know, like, when I go through the TSA line, like, I get pulled out to go on a faster line that's just filled with white people. Like, (laughs) it's just mind-blowing because everyone lets it go. No one talks about it. It's so ingrained in our culture. I mean, racism has been a part of our our country's founding. Like, it's... Yeah, and I did not understand that at all. And my friends had to take me aside and be like... You're going to figure this out eventually, but you have to know that everything that happens in America, there is a racial component. And that was like a very really difficult true. education for me growing up in a place where it's just not like that. Like yeah. racism is treated as a vice. It's treated as an illness that has to be eradicated hmm. and people are actively working on it. And down here it's like, hey, well, you know, that's the way it is. So it's America. And I'm like, oh, guys, come on. What are you doing? I was shocked. So... On that note, I do want to get to the good, but so did Canada not ha- have any slaves or uh, anybody working at all? Nope. 
and of the history of slavery. Okay. So did, that's a complaint. Did American slaves try to escape to Canada? Yeah. To be free? Yeah, and there's a huge um, black population in the, the Maritimes, which are the eastern provinces, and they are all, they're all from the, the Underground Railroad. Wow. Because that's where the Underground Railroad would take them, okay. is to New York, and then from New York to um, Canada from there. Yeah. So that's they trace all their heritage back to like being a slave in the South. But the thing is, like Canada never had slavery, and in America, it's like slavery was like the biggest part of the Southern economy, and then you guys like fought a war the about it. Economy of the whole country. I mean, all, all of our monuments are built by sla- like yeah, yeah, all of it, yeah, all of it. And so you can't get away from it. And so I do recognize it's easy for me to say, well, in Canada, we don't really have an issue right. with race, but that's just because we don't have the history that you guys have, and. I mean, it's a hard history to work through, obviously, because it's still happening. Yeah, but clearly it's day. a hard history. But people just, I think the racism shocked me less than people being okay with it. Right. Which makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's hear something good. The good thing. It's just really hard. Sorry, that, I know, it was really depressing. <laughs> no, uh, it's a fact, and it's just, I tried on, I, when we started the podcast, I was like, we are not going to get political, <laughs> we're just going to be, you know, talk yeah. about, we'll talk about family stuff, yeah, and dynamics, yeah. things. Yeah pop culture that kind of thing but yeah. it's unavoidable at this yeah. point and it's it hard permeates for me. like every part of it your does. life here and you can't really have a conversation even about family dynamics really yeah you kind of touch it. or pop culture you, there's it it bleeds into it yeah um but the good thing is uh and this is why i'm kind of still in the states um is people are really really warm in this country mm-hmm. like warmer than i've ever met anyone anywhere it's like people just want to know what your life is like they're like how are you and i'm like oh my god cashier at trader joe's like do you really want to know all about my life like this is so great <laughs> and they make like eye contact with you when they speak with you and like when you're in trouble it's like these people come out of the woodwork who you like in my experience they come out of the woodwork and just like offering you small things like I don't, it's like, you feel so supported and loved by all these people, and in Canada, it's more like, you really have to know someone for them to be there for you. Like, there's a difference between being polite and, like, really, really caring about somebody, Mm -hmm. and people in Canada are super polite, super, super polite, but, like, if you say, hey, like, I'm really down on my luck, like, I really need some help, then they'll be like, um, like, maybe I can direct you to, like this other place you right. know like maybe here's a phone number to call like but in america it's like i will be there like i'll pick you up <laughs> in my car and here's a mattress on my floor and like here's a car it's and true. blah and blah and it's just people are they don't have so many barriers to their emotions mm-hmm. and another thing it's like americans get into fights all the time i love it because it's passionate <laughs> people are passionate about how they feel and they'll tell you and in canada they just kind of like agree with whatever you're saying to avoid a conflict and mm-hmm. i just love like, people speak their truth. I don't know if that's, like, a phrase people use. Oh, it's totally oh, a phrase right now, especially. Yeah, exactly. And I just love it, because people in America are like, oh, I feel this way. I'm going to tell you all about it. And I'm like, oh, Almost too much sometimes. Like it's sometimes Well, it's really interesting, too, that you say that, because the first thing I thought about is there's so many people in our country that do feel so alone, you know? Yes. It's, uh, for some, it's so paralyzing and depressing, and they feel like they're not seen and heard. So to have you say that, like, I wonder what's different. For, like, I think it's it's all in the way that you are willing to to open yourself up to other people. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, like, what you're experiencing there, it seems like there's a big percentage of the population that don't recognize that that is there available to them. Yeah, and I think it's, like, I try and be very 
just completely open book, like, right. in terms of receiving people. So I really want to know, like, where people come from, you know, what's their story. Like, this dude we met in this jewelry shop. I don't know, he was dressed, like, in a cowboy hat and this, a cowboy getup. And he's like, oh, I love bluegrass music. And I'm like, dude, I want to know all about you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and he was just like, I don't know, just he wanted to know about you. He engaged in conversation with you. He was passionate about what he did. Yeah. And in Canada, everything is much more subdued. Like, everyone is very subdued. And yeah. if you show passion about something, people are like, whoa, that's a little bit too aggressive. Like, dial it back. I just really like that people, like, this is a country that cultivates this kind of, like, passion in people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why America is full of really creative artists, really creative musicians, like, really creative writers. Yeah, so there's, there's bad things about the States, but then there's also really, really great things about yeah. the States. And I, I'm a very passionate person about some things in certain situations, and I like to be around other passionate people. It's really cool. It's fun. Cool. Yeah. I'm turning my head so my volume is low. I gotta, I'm, look, I'm looking back at Simone. So. You're becoming subdued. <laughs> yeah. That's my effect. The lighting in here, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I know. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so messy in here. It's oh really my god! No, but it's like it's space. like no, it's, it is a creative space because this is room, what the mind means your mind looks has like. a lot yes, going on. on the, like, <laughs> unfortunately, this is what my mind. Looks like. You got like different colored paper over there. I, it's like, I know it's a crafting area because I am super crafty, and if I could spend more time creating things, I would love it. But I do have to earn a living and go to work. Oh, lame. I know. Yeah, it's super lame. But it's okay. I'm You're ready. helping. I think of all these things I would like to create and like maybe sell on Etsy or something. You know, before <gasps> you I can make money. You should have your own Etsy shop. A lot of people I, do that. I know, but you know what I put all my energy into right now is my job and my podcast. Right. That's it. Yeah. Parenting, no more. They get no more of my energy. <laughs> it's true. Well, they're grown, man. They're grown. That's they're why grown. I'm That's doing the Steven podcast. Said. This is the only way I get attention from my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so it does take work, and we're yeah. still. I still. Have not gotten where I want to be on social media with the podcast, but we're slowly making progress. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a tough market to break into. It's uh, a lot of work, too. Yeah. It's like, you know, a job that I don't get paid for. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. It is fun. I'm having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah. Me, too. So. You're growing together. Yes. And we can have our arguments on live recording now. To Does, do you find that that, like... It makes you both more self-aware of what you're saying? Not at all. No. <laughs> Kate and I have a really interesting um, history about our arguing for the most part. We're going to we're gonna take away the period where we didn't, weren't really close. But when Kate was younger, uh -huh. we would have all-out arguments. So we, at one point, we started writing to each other. So, like, we'd write each other back and forth letters to, oh. to discuss our uh, dismay with one another. Oh, wow. Um, My mom still has a lot of those letters. I have some of those letters, <laughs> but it's pretty funny. Like, What would be some of the issues of concern? Oh, don't answer that. <laughs> well, I just, one of the ones that I have is Kate used to get so mad when I would cuss. It really bothered her. That's when I was little. Oh. No. I was, I, was, this no was, I was young. We lived in Woodland. The letter I have is from Woodland. You... There's no way you can know that. How is it from Woodland? How do you know it's that? It's dated. No, it's not. <laughs> You're full of it. It was, I remember I was, reading... I was maybe 14 then. Maybe. Because by the time I was 15, I was cussing at school all the time. So you cussing didn't bother me. Mm, I, I was I living almost, my worst life. I feel like you always wanted to chastise me about something, so you just went to cuss. Okay, like, maybe. I guess that does sound like me. <laughs> maybe. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we would write letters back and forth oh, about... such a, like, healthy way of conveying your opinions. No, um, I, I think that's, that's really interesting. I just, uh, 
I've always been um, very non-confrontational. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think I've ever had a fight with my mom. Ever? No, I don't think so. Is that because she's not controlling at all? <laughs> no, no, I don't think that's why. I think it's because often... Because you're Canadian? I think that's part of it. My part is that I just don't ever raise my voice, really. Or, like, or like if she says something and I disagree, I just say, okay, let me think about it. Something like that. Oh. And then, like, I come back later and I'm I like, did not hey. raise any children that were that way. Not a one of them. <laughs> I don't know. Because you aren't that way either. It's like I'm. I, it's like Danae was just saying. Like you raised us to take no shit. You know, yeah. like if That's somebody true. said something to us that we didn't agree with. Yeah. I mean, sure. Sometimes that crosses the line. Like sometimes that's not a good thing. Like Danae is the example of like, if you order food and you don't get what you ordered, like, no, we're not going to sit there and eat it. Like yeah. a lot of people would have. Like yeah. I'm going to say, excuse me, no, I deserve to get what I paid for. Right. Is that Which a big is kind deal? of funny because today no. I, I didn't get, I got my, my order was wrong at the Mexican restaurant and I just rolled with it. <laughs> You're being a bad example of living your well, truth. <laughs> no, it, if I, I was going to tell her if she, she didn't come back to our table and ever check on us. Oh yeah, no, she didn't really, huh? So yeah. I never got a chance to say, dude, my order was wrong. I, uh, she's my favorite waitress at the restaurant and she fixed a lot of, she took all the onions out of the food for me. So I didn't mm-hmm. want to be like, oh, by the way, you brought the wrong thing. <laughs> So I, I think that's also a very like I mean it's, it's, it's just a very American thing to think about. Like in Canada you wouldn't just never consider sending food back that's wrong. It's just not a thing. Across what anyone if you, like, had an allergy or really hated the food that they brought you. If you were gonna die, then yeah. But anything more than that, no. Yeah, I couldn't live that life. So let's just say you order your poutine. <laughs> of course, because that's the only cold. thing we eat. It's freezing cold. No, I'm just like giving no, an I'm example. Kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> and it's cold. Yeah. And you were looking forward to your hot gravy and you wanted to cheese melt it. And now it's like it was melted, but it's all congealed. And you're like, gross. You just eat it. Yeah. Or throw to... it away. And just not, oh. just go go back and get another. I can't even imagine that life. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, get... and it's funny because my mom has a really hard time with that too. Because she grew up in the States. And so sometimes like, like she's yelled at us before because me and my brother were just like, yeah. Well, you know, we didn't get what we want, but that's okay. We'll get it next time. And she's like, you paid like $12 for that. What are you doing? And we're like, okay, mom, it's okay. It's fine. Like they tried their best. And she's like, you don't know that. True. Uh, (laughs) But over time, she's also like, like she's had the effect on her. Do you think a lot of people are unhappily married, but they're just too polite to say anything? Yeah, probably. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah, I'm like okay with high of school relationships. Do people not break up with each other because they're too polite? People break up with each other, but normally they stay friends. Actually, in my experience in high school, this is mind boggling. So, do people not cheat on each other? I mean, like that's usually the reason why people aren't friends. Is like somebody was a complete jerk, so cheating is going to be the ultimate jerk move. Like, do people not do that because that would be bad manners? No, I think people are just as terrible in Canada as they are here, but the capacity for letting things go and forgiving people is much greater up there. How is that taught? How do you teach a whole country to be compassionate? I know, it's a really great question, but I think you see it in the culture. You see it every single day. Like, you see that there's no homeless people on the street because they're all at this shelter, and you see that the Salvation Army is, like, going around everywhere with these, like, informative little you know, displays and whatever. And when you're in school, you, like, go to volunteer to feed the homeless. When you're in school, you go to help, like, 
I don't know, impoverished kids, and, like, I say impoverished, but it's, like, Canadian impoverished, so it's, like, I realize now it's not even that bad, um, and you go to, like, help animals and, like, pick up trash off the sidewalk and stuff, and it's just, like, this sense of that you belong to something that's greater than you, and that's why you matter, because there's something bigger than you. But in America, it's more like American exceptionalism. The individual is the powerhouse. Like, the individual is what's going to change everything. And I didn't learn that at all growing up. Yeah, I mean, even our stories are about individuals who are great. Yeah. Unless you're talking about sports. But otherwise, it's all about one. And even when exactly. you're talking about sports, like all the movies, in general, there's one person yeah. that made that yeah. that team great. Like, yeah. one person, the coach or the quarterback. or Steph Curry. <laughs> yeah. Or Steph Curry. But to me, that's, like, the biggest cultural deviation, is that in America, it really is, like, you have the power to change the world. You. One person. But, side note, Mm. that's also the reason we're having so much problems right now with uh, toxic masculinity. Because you have men who all think that they can make a difference in the world is all is their oyster and they could do whatever and they're not satisfied and not happy. And, yeah. And um, there's obviously other people to blame for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's uh, pros and cons to both. Yeah. Attitudes. I, I like that attitude better. <laughs> See, Tim, I, I, while I think that there's a greater capacity for goodness in people in that sort of culture, I do think that um, there's... It, it prevents people sometimes, not saying necessarily anybody in this room, but it prevents <laughs> people sometimes from realizing when someone is too far gone. If you have such a capacity of forgiveness, oh. at what point do you draw the line? Or at what point do you just allow shit to keep being done to you? Well, that happens a lot in America, too. I mean, you look at... Uh, to women, because they're told they're supposed to be nurturing and forgiving and caring. There and, are men that uh, happens to, too. But let's think about from a so, like like a society standpoint. I'm not saying an individual yeah. can't break the mold. I'm saying what does society tell us as a group? Yeah, I don't know. It's pretty interesting. Um, it seems like it would be pretty easy to find a way to balance the two out. Yeah, but, you'd think so. But we don't in general. But that's just what I mean by there's pros yeah. and cons to both. But in right? general, governments like, don't look at big picture and long term ramifications. Of no, overall. never. Yeah, I mean, that's just not and that's was the only one. Well, you can't. You can't really. Speak I mean, they're, that, that's true, because then they, they they spent time theorizing on all the what-ifs, and that was what they yeah, did. That's why it. they wrote all these essays. That's why they, everything was so intense, because they were theorizing about all the good and the bad that could happen yeah, from things that Yeah, what's going to happen from each yeah. little choice. Right? Right? Yeah. In terms of like what I see as something really great about America is this individualistic perspective, this kind of like... America centrist perspective and like the individual does have the power to change stuff. I mean, that's why America is like a global powerhouse. I mean, if you're thinking about the good stuff that America gives to the world, like they have a great cultural influence, great artistic influence, literary influence, musical influence, and these are people sure. where you are told but there is no is limit to what mind. you can achieve. This is the perspective from someone who's very kind and forgiving. <laughs> I mean, let's get someone from Germany in here. Let's take out America. <laughs> or France, yeah. even. Yeah. Sure. Okay, I take everything back. I take everything back that I just said. None of it is true, and I delete all of it from the record. Undo, undo, rewind. Edit. Edit. If you like Grown Up and Grounded, please leave us a review on whatever platform you're using. This will help other people find our podcast. 
As always, we want to give a big shout out to Dave Depper, who provides the music we use in our episodes. The song you're listening to is titled Can Can 2, and we got it from the Free Music Archive. You can check out Dave at davedepper.com. I just want everyone to know that I put on my best outfit for this podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. You're one welcome. of these days that will make a difference when we yeah. live stream. One day. <laughs> one day. One day. One day. Yeah. One day. You have to sort yeah. out your, your <laughs> issues, ladies. <laughs>